The Mortgage Calculator, your favorite non-QM lender with over 5,000 unique loan products. All right. It looks like we are good to go. So what we'll do is we will take the chat off the screen here and then we will get into it. All right. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of The Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We are a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. Even though we specialize in non-QM loans, we still do conventional FHA, VA, and today's topic, which is USDA loans. So we're going to do a deep dive into that topic today. Jose will pull up some different quotes and we'll talk about that. We don't quote USDA on the regular show every day because they have to be in a USDA eligible area. So today we will do a deep dive into that topic and we will quote some USDA scenarios. But before we do that, we're going to do what we do every day, which is pull up the actual live rates of all the different programs, and we will go through them. So, Nick, let's go ahead and pull up our pricing tool and get into the rates for today. And interested to see what the market is looking like today compared to yesterday. All right. Let's switch up the screen, and we will get started. So as Kyle mentioned, this is our pricing tool for our team of mortgage professionals. We have over 300 licensed loan officers in pretty much every state. And we can do loans for primary second homes in 22 different states. And for our business purpose, uh, DSCR loans, we can do those in 44 different states. So a lot of different uh, types of quotes we can do. If you'd like a full breakdown and a full loan estimate, please get with our team. This tool will show our general rates and APRs for the general programs. And we pull this up every day to watch as the rates change throughout the market announcement. So for our demo today, we'll set up a basic scenario, 400,000 loan amount. We'll set the LTV to 80% loan, 20% down payment. We will set the price to 99. That means we're going to tell the computer to find the best rate with one discount point and cost. That's typically the request for most of our customers to buy down the rate a little bit. And we're going to compare our conforming conventional loans with FHA. We'll do second. And then we will check out our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM, where we can do alternative income options. Uh, we don't do the VA loans live. We did a deep dive yesterday. So if you'd like to check those out, uh, check out the show from yesterday. Uh, we do appreciate our vets, but since not everybody is an eligible veteran, uh, we don't do that live every day. And same with USDA. That's only for properties in an eligible area, rural eligible area. So we don't do the live rates, but... Later today, Jose is actually going to go through a couple specific examples for those that are shopping in a USDA area. So for our demo today, we'll start with conforming conventional. We'll set it to purchase, 30-year fixed loan, primary occupancy, single family home, one unit, state of Florida, county of Miami-Dade. And for all of our estimates today, we'll use an estimated FICO score of 760 and an estimated debt-to-income ratio of 40. So with those basic settings, let's check out the rates this morning. Looks like pretty much the same as yesterday, I believe. Uh, it was a little bit lower, um, 6.49 with 0.875 discount points of cost and a final APR of 6.662. Uh, so remember, always key in on the APR. That includes all the different costs so that we can compare across the different programs. So now if there's any reason our borrower doesn't qualify for conforming or wants to just compare different options, 
Next option typically is going to be our FHA products. So FHA does allow a little more leniency on credit for people that maybe not qualifying, uh, not able to qualify for a conventional. And it allows a much higher debt to income ratio as well. So a little bit more flexibility. So FHA is usually the next option. We'll keep everything else the same on the demo here. And let's check out the FHA so we can compare across the programs. So today we have 5.625 rate for one discount point in cost and a final APR of 6.227. So remember the conventional uh, was just over 6.6. And in this case, the FHA, even including the upfront mortgage insurance and yearly mortgage insurance paid monthly, is actually a little bit cheaper at 6.227. So definitely recommend all of the customers out there shopping uh, with the recent changes to FHA, very uh, comparable. And in this scenario, actually a cheaper cost for our borrower. So definitely compare those if you're out there looking. Now, if for any reason our borrower doesn't qualify for conforming or FHA, that's where many other banks or lenders don't have any other options. But fortunately, at the Mortgage Calculator, we have over 5,000 additional programs under Expanded Guidelines, aka non-QM, where we can use alternative income. So we'll keep everything else the same, but there is one new option that pops up when we do a non-QM scenario, and that is our income option. So full doc is what we use for FHA and conventional. That's two years tax returns, what everybody's used to. So we'll typically choose... Uh, this course in order to go with a different income option. One-year alt doc, two-year alt doc, uh, asset related. Those are uh, just using assets. We did a show on that earlier this week. We can use business bank statements. We can do our DSCR, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, we can do personal bank statements, which is our most popular. That will be our demo today. We also have VOE, 1099, PL, all kinds of different options. But the most popular is our personal bank statement, 12-month option. And that's going to be for our self-employed borrowers. Many times our self-employed borrowers when they submit two years of tax returns, they have various write-offs and different reasons where they may not get enough income for the uh, loan they're looking for. So in this case, we're able to use 12 bank statements without tax returns and just use the cash flow in those 12 bank statements to determine their actual debt-to-income ratio using those 12 bank statements. So most of our self-employed borrowers will typically qualify where they would not qualify at all or qualify for much more income and therefore a much larger home that they wish to purchase. So with these settings, let's check out our bank statement options today. So very comparable to yesterday, looks like uh, the top option here, 7.125 with 0.75 discount points and costs for a final APR of 7.197. So obviously the non-QM is always a little bit higher. These are alternative uh, programs. Uh, so the rates are a little bit higher, but notice they're not that much higher. Very comparable. FHA was 6.2 something. Uh, conventional was 6.6 something. And now we have an option to use a totally different method at 7.1 something. So very comparable. Definitely recommend our borrowers out there uh, shopping. Compare these options. Could be a much easier way to qualify uh, or a way to qualify for more income. Now, notice too, as we scroll down, there's dozens of different versions of this program that may allow different uh, calculations, may allow different uh, 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 foreclosure type events, credit events, like foreclosures, bankruptcies, things like that. So tons of different options that we have here. Please get with our team and they will find the best one for you. Now, before we go into Jose's deep dive into USDA, which is very cool, we will always check out our investment property rate options on our live rates. 
So we'll set this to investment property, set this back to 80 LTV. That's an 80% loan, 20% down payment. And we're going to compare our two options for investment properties. We'll start with our conforming conventional, just switching to investment property to see what the rates are there. And then we'll go to our expanded guidelines, AKA non-QM, where we can use different income options. FHA, VA, USDA, they're not eligible for investment properties. So we'll just do two quick demos here. Conforming conventional, we'll keep everything else the same as it was before. The only change was investment property. And let's check out our investment rates this morning. And as I say every morning, there are additional loan level price adjustments that the uh, GSEs that do conventional loans have added. So unfortunately, we won't see any options for one discount point, even though we told the computer to find it. So the best uh, APR option, which is the lowest cost of the borrower, right, is a 7% rate with 3.375 discount points and a final APR of 7.255. Uh, so switching this to investment, uh, we do see that there are no low uh, discount point options. So many times our investors want to go to a higher rate and find an option that may have lower discount points so they can save some cash out of pocket. So even if we cruise down here to a little bit higher rate, 7.49 for 2.25 discount points, uh, it's just not going to get low enough. So many of our investors want other options. That's where we love to bring in our non-QM options. So for our final demo today, for our investors that are Shopping for investment property, always recommend to get a non-QM expanded guidelines quote. And the most popular option when we switch this to expanded guidelines under income verification is going to be our investor DSCR option. And that's because it actually doesn't require any income verification or employment from the borrower, just the rental income from the property that we're purchasing. And we're going to get that rental income and determine if it will cover the expenses, the PITIA of the mortgage that we're proposing here. So if the rents can cover the expenses, that's a ratio greater than 1.00. And we have a ton of loan options uh, for DSCR ratios over one. But even if the property doesn't quite cash flow enough, the ratio is under one. We still have other programs for that. For our demo today, I'm going to leave this blank so we can see all the programs. And we always have to set a prepayment penalty on our non-QM investment properties. Typically three years is the option we choose. We can choose zero. That will severely limit the loan programs and costs more. And we could also choose five years, which will limit the loan programs uh, and save us some money. So the most standard scenario is always three years. So that's what we'll use for our demo as we do every morning. Now let's check out our DSCR rates today. So we got some good options here right at 7.5% rate for point, oh, actually this one's a better, 7.5 rate for 0.725 discount points and costs for a final APR of 7.571. So remember the conventional loans, uh, 7.2 something, a DSCR loan with no income, no employment, you can do multiple loans at the same time if you're an investor with multiple properties. So these are very favorable when you compare them to conventional and the APR is only a little bit higher. So definitely love these options. Definitely love to present options with low discount points here. As you see here, $2,900 compared to conventional, they would have to come out of pocket with a lot of extra cash. So uh, definitely recommend for all our investors out there, check out the non-QM, specifically the DSCR options. And if we cruise down the sheet here, you'll see we have a ton of different options for DSCR ratios, different options for prepayment penalties, and just tons of different versions of these programs. Uh, where we may allow things like short-term rental income and things like that, credit events, stuff like that. So dozens and dozens of these DSCR programs. 
get with our teammates to find which will fit best for you. So now let me go ahead and switch screens and we'll get into our detailed topic for today. And if you were with us earlier, uh, Kyle introduced the topic and uh, we kind of skip over it every day. But uh, USDA loans, very valuable program, obviously a very specific program in order to encourage uh, rural housing, basically. So a little bit tricky there since not everybody's shopping in an area that is eligible. We usually don't do these live. Uh, but if you do happen to be shopping in those USDA eligible areas, there is a map you can look up, uh, then you can use these programs and they're very favorable for our borrowers that do qualify for these programs. So Jose is going to go into a couple detailed examples of ways to utilize this for our loan officers out there watching. Uh, remember, must be in an eligible area. Once we've determined that, now we have some options that we can present. So Jose, if you're ready, let's go ahead and go over those options. Awesome. That's a great segue. Uh, what I first want to show here is you were mentioning USDA eligibility. I just wanted to show everybody first the USDA geocoder. Very easily found doing an online search. I just put USDA eligible, and you know that's the first one that popped up, and it takes me right to the USDA rural development, where you just you know put the address right here. And it's going to tell you exactly if that property qualifies or not. So, you know, when you're pre-approving your borrowers, you may not necessarily have a property address. So you will go through the steps, but it really will not be considered final until you actually run a specific property through the geocoder. Right. So first example. Uh, now, USDA is geared towards owner occupants only. Uh, they do not like multifamily properties. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to have those uh, nice four unit house hack um, like we have on our FHA or VA. But, you know, but there are other components of USDA which make it very attractive, namely the rural component. If any of you have had a deal fall through because uh, the appraiser deemed it rural, and your comps were too far apart from each other, uh, which maybe would have you know deemed it rural in the underwriter's eyes, even if the appraiser didn't specifically put the label rural on it. Well, then make sure that you are not overlooking the USDA option for those owner-occupied properties in those areas. It is 100% financing. It is reduced MI. The MI factor, I believe, is 0.35, uh, and the upfront mortgage insurance charges only 1%, which is able to be financed into the new loan as well. So you have actually have 101 point something percent financing on a USDA deal. So our first option here, you'll see these rates. <clears throat> if you were looking at what Nick was uh, displaying there for FHA, you'll see that uh, these rates are very competitive. Oh, and did I note in the example here, uh, so that put it into perspective with FHA as well, this example has $146, I believe, and 25 cents of uh, MI associated with it due to uh, USDA. Whereas if it was FHA, even at the reduced MI component that we have right now, it would still be $229.17. So what, roughly $60, $70 more in MI. So keep that in mind. 
So uh, we have 6.25 is actually offering us a lender credit of $500. That's 0.1. And we're looking at being able to buy it down to 5.125 at a cost of a little bit over two points as we are dealing with a $500,000 purchase and a $500,000 loan amount. So this is our USDA purchase. One unit, maximum 100%. This is our USDA rate and term refi. You will notice same exact rates as we had on the purchase. Um, USDA does not allow cash out refis. Again, very specific, specific program targeting uh, the ag and rural communities, because the idea is here to help support those that grow our food and help feed us so that we all stay healthy. So we want to make sure that they can afford to find their own piece of the American dream. Hence, uh, we have the more relaxed uh, underwriting guidelines for USDA for exactly that purpose, which is why they don't want to do it for cash out. Don't want to abuse the system. For cash out component, it is for home ownership. So our rate and so our rate and term refi rates are the same as our purchase. But we have one additional option for USDA. It is the streamline option. Now you'll notice rate is a little bit differently, a little bit different as you go lower in the rate stack. At 6.25, it is the same $500 lender credit, but the lowest rate option is 5.375. A little bit higher uh, cost uh, than the other one at a lower rate. Uh, the benefit to the streamline option is similar to the benefit you're going to have from a VA Earl or an FHA streamline. It is uh, the income, uh, the appraisal, and the credit. So you do get uh, uh, breaks from those components, and it is uh, USDA to USDA. So Keep that in mind, but if it is uh, somebody looking for that option, here you go. Uh, $6.25, $500 lender credit, and $5.375 is the lowest rate option. So, again, What was the uh, LTV on that? Because they do go up to 100 on the rate and term, I believe. Correct? Yeah, they're all, yep, they're all 100% LTV, cool. but no cash out. That's yep. the thing. They're not going to give you that, that great sweet deal that they're giving you to have you cash out. But, you know, if they had a higher USDA and now they're going into a lower or, you know, that's for the streamline. But the regular USDA does not have to be coming from a USDA loan. It can be coming from a non-USDA loan and just taking advantage of the lower MI and the great rates. Beautiful. All right. I don't see any questions. I know USDA can be kind of <laughs> confusing, especially once you guys start the loan. It's a whole different process, right? So... Please get with your team leaders or myself or Jose if you guys are firing up a USDA loan, and we'll make sure you have all the nuts and bolts put together. Uh, but very good options, right? If they do qualify, pop that address in that geocoder. If uh, it pops up that it is eligible, then uh, you definitely want to take a look at this. Uh, it's definitely the most favorable program for a property that is eligible, right, Jose? Absolutely. I think most, you know, a lot of people overlook it, especially when they're struggling with these properties in uh, limited uh, population density areas are totally overlooking USDA loans as an option. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. A couple questions here. Good. Good thing we waited a second. So Roz asking USDA qualify for a person looking to homestead in a rural area. 
I believe so. I'm not sure what you mean by looking to homestead. Does that mean if they're looking to have their primary residence in a rural area? Yeah, but if you're looking like homestead, like a cowboy homesteading, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be land, but you could do a USDA one-time close to buy land and build a home. They do have construction products under USDA. A little more complicated there. You, you didn't do any of those examples, Jose, but uh, there are some renovation uh, and I believe even a one-time close, uh, but a little bit tricky there, right? Because you're layering extra stuff on top of a normally difficult transaction. So uh, definitely pay attention there if you're trying to do some sort of construction. As uh, long as uh, she just replied here uh, with another further definition, she said uh, uh, home and farming. I uh, don't think that a farming component would be applicable for what USDA is really for. It's not for a for a hobby farm or anything like that. I mean, if you happen to have a buy a, land, a home that has some big land and you're going to do gardens and stuff like that, by all means. But if it's a commercial type endeavor, I don't think that would fall under USDA. All right, and I think that's it. Uh, but uh, is USDA residential? Yes, it will still be residential. We just answered that, right? So. A commercial farm, even though it is rural, right, is not residential still, right? So I think that's uh, hopefully kind of where we were going with that. And uh, Roz said again, a little further definition, non-commercial farm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's a large piece of land with a and there's a farm building as one of the buildings next to the house, obviously that's what USDA is for, right? Rural properties will have outbuildings, a little more flexibility on that stuff, but it's not going to be in the value, right, Jose? That's a big difference in what you need to consider. So, so yes. those outbuildings and, st and, and, you know, maybe they make some income. Like, I mean, Jose has a, har a farm at his home, right? You yeah. Prime, <laughs> prime example. Exactly. I mean, you can do certain things like uh, you get the agricultural exemption, uh, save on your taxes, stuff like that, but you cannot put that as part of your qualification. Like you cannot put that on the obligation and say, I'm a far, I'm, I'm doing farming and I'm also going to do farming in this property, and that's where I'm going to be deriving my income. Um, that's not really what USDA is for. You can do it. Yeah, you have ag zoning, and you can. nobody says you're not going to be able to do it. You just can't put it in your application and use that as part of the qualification component for your income. Exactly. And it won't, they won't count any outbuilding type stuff. You know, you have a dairy farm with dairy pumps. That's not going to go in your appraisal value, right? You can still have dairy pumps to pump your dairy cows, but that's not going to be added into your appraisal value, right? So a little bit tricky there. Um, one other question. Good. Another one. Uh, T asking, can we do manufactured houses with USDA? That's going to be a uh, investor to investor uh, situation on that. You know, I mean, technically uh, you can, but when I'm looking at the guidelines, uh, they, they all do different overlays. You know, so property type they say one unit condo and PUD, but then we would have to dig deep to see if that particular investor would allow um, manufactured homes. Uh, you know, uh, see, because I'm, I'm looking at, at one right now um, where it's stating ineligible property types, manufactured home. Then it says RD will accept new manufactured homes, but this 
particular investor will not. So that's why in the general answer is yes, they do allow it on the general level, but then investor specific, there are overlays. So you would have to check each one to make sure that they don't put that overlay because it would, it would be logical, right? To the rationale of the rural type community that a manufactured home would be available as they seem to be more prevalent in the more open space communities. For sure. And good. Another question. This is good. Well, asking uh, USDA with a max of 10 acres in Texas, is there a max acreage, I guess, would be the, the root question here. Uh, again, that would be up to um, the uh, the overlays of the investors. You know, we would have to look and see uh, if there's anything like that that would or would not be allowed. Yeah, I believe most of them will have some sort of overlay on there of what they uh, want to limit it to. I think it's kind of the same question that Roz was getting at. So someone's let, trying to do a commercial farm. That's a whole big different thing than just a house, right? Let so. me let me give you an example. Uh, for example, I'm just reading one guideline here of the many. Uh, there is no site size limitation, but the size must be typical for the area. The site must not have income-producing land, e.g. tracts of arable land ready for planting. However, a minimal income-producing activity, such as a garden that could generate a small amount of additional income, does not violate this requirement. A qualified property must be predominantly residential in use, character, and appearance. So I think it's, that answers multiple questions there, right? Exactly, guys, right? It's it's subjective too, right? So remember, if you're coming in there and it looks like a commercial farm, it feels like a commercial farm, the appraiser's commenting that there's commercial components to the farm, that's going to directly contradict what was just said there. But there's no like set cutoff here, Lowell, I think which is what you're asking, right? There's no set 10 acres is commercial, anything over that's a no-go. It's it's a little bit subjective there. Yeah, because what, what's what's going to happen there is going to be with the valuation that they give to the land component versus the structure component. That's where USDA is a little bit more lenient, but that is the real challenge when you're getting bigger pieces of land is that typically the majority of the value is really supposed to be in the structure and not in the land. When you get too much of the value being in the land versus the structure, that's where you start having issues and you start getting denials because of that. You could have you know, too unique of a property, for example. It mm-hmm. goes back to the same crux, right? It's, it's supposed to be for a home, right? If, if the home's only one little portion and there's 200 other acres that are doing other things, obviously that's not going to fit the USDA program is to get people into homes, right? Not to get people into farms, not to make people money on farms, it's to get people into homes, right? So remember, residential's the key piece there, right? I think that's it for our questions, though. So you want to go ahead and wrap it up, Carl? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Everybody tuning in out there. If you're a loan officer, you can contact us uh, at themortgagecalculator.com if you want to join the team. If you are a borrower out there, our team would be happy to walk you through the different nuances of this program and any other programs. As we said earlier, not only do we do USDA and conventional FHA, uh, VA, but we also do everything from the non-QM uh, you know, bank statement, DSCR, all the way to commercial 
fix and flip, short-term rentals, and everything in between. So you can visit us at themortgagecalculator.com and we can pair you up with one of our loan officer consultants who can walk you through all of these different programs to see what fits you best. Now, we do this show every single weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we go through the different rates to see how they change every day. And then we do a deep dive into a topic every single day, just like we did with USDA loans today. Uh, Thank you all for the questions in the chat. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. And we hope to see everyone tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern for the next one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Okay, welcome everyone to Daily Mortgage Rates Live with the Mortgage Calculator. We're just going to wait a couple minutes to get started like we always do every day to get live on all the different platforms and give everybody a chance to tune in. We put the comments up there on the screen, so feel free to drop a comment as you tune in. And we'll wait to get going here for just a couple minutes. Hopefully everybody's been uh, having a good week so far. Good morning to everyone. Earlier morning for some than others. Good morning to everybody tuning in. Adam, Matthew, Victoria, Jason, everybody commenting. Mark, good morning, everyone. Today we got a great topic to go through, and we will get into that in just a couple minutes here. Hello, everybody in the chat. Taryn, Nick, what's up? Shonda, Julio, Jennifer, Carmen, shout out to everybody tuning in there. All right, it looks like we are good to go. So what we'll do is we will take the chat off the screen here and then we will get into it. All right, welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of The Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We are a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. Even though we specialize in non-QM loans, we still do conventional FHA, VA, and today's topic, which is USDA loans. So we're going to do a deep dive into that topic today. Jose will pull up some different quotes and we'll talk about that. We don't quote USDA on the regular show every day because they have to be in a USDA eligible area. So today we will do a deep dive into that topic and we will quote some USDA scenarios. But before we do that, we're going to do what we do every day, which is pull up the actual live rates of all the different programs, and we will go through them. So, Nick, let's go ahead and pull up our pricing tool and get into the rates for today. And interested to see what the market is looking like today compared to yesterday. All right. Let's switch up the screen and we will get started. So as Kyle mentioned, this is our pricing tool for our team of mortgage professionals. We have over 300 licensed loan officers in pretty much every state. And we can do loans for primary second homes in 22 different states. And for our business purpose, uh, DSCR loans, we can do those in 44 different states. So a lot of different uh, types of quotes we can do. If you'd like a full breakdown and a full loan estimate, please get with our team. This tool will show our general rates and APRs for the general programs. And we pull this up every day to watch as the rates change throughout the market announcement. So for our demo today, we'll set up a basic scenario, 400000 loan amount. We'll set the LTV to 80% loan, 20% down payment. 
We will set the price to 99. That means we're going to tell the computer to find the best rate with one discount point and cost. That's typically the request for most of our customers to buy down the rate a little bit. And we're going to compare our conforming conventional loans with FHA. We'll do second. And then we will check out our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM, where we can do alternative income options. Uh, we don't do the VA loans live. We did a deep dive yesterday. So if you'd like to check those out, uh, check out the show from yesterday. Uh, we do appreciate our vets, but since not everybody is an eligible veteran, uh, we don't do that live every day. And same with USDA. That's only for properties in an eligible area, rural eligible area. So we don't do the live rates. But later today, Jose is actually going to go through a couple specific examples for those that are shopping in a USDA area. So for our demo today, we'll start with conforming conventional. We'll set it to purchase. 30-year fixed loan, primary occupancy, single-family home, one unit, state of Florida, county of Miami-Dade. And for all of our estimates today, we'll use an estimated FICO score of 760 and an estimated debt-to-income ratio of 40. So with those basic settings, let's check out the rates this morning. Looks like pretty much the same as yesterday, I believe. Uh, it was a little bit lower. Um, 6.49 with 0.875 discount points of cost and a final APR of 6.662. Uh, so remember, always key in on the APR. That includes all the different costs so that we can compare across the different programs. So now if there's any reason our borrower doesn't qualify for conforming or wants to just compare different options, next option typically is going to be our FHA products. So FHA does allow a little more leniency on credit for people that maybe not qualifying, uh, not able to qualify for a conventional, and it allows a much higher debt to income ratio as well. So a little bit more flexibility. So FHA is usually the next option. We'll keep everything else the same on the demo here. And let's check out the FHA so we can compare across the programs. So today we have 5.625 rate for one discount point in cost and a final APR of 6.227. So remember the conventional uh, was just over 6.6. .6. And in this case, the FHA, even including the upfront mortgage insurance and yearly mortgage insurance paid monthly is actually a little bit cheaper at 6.227. So definitely recommend all of the customers out there shopping uh, with the recent changes to FHA, very uh, comparable. And in this scenario, actually a cheaper cost for our borrower. So definitely Compare those if you're out there looking. Now, if for any reason our borrower doesn't qualify for conforming or FHA, that's where many other banks or lenders don't have any other options. But fortunately, at the Mortgage Calculator, we have over 5,000 additional programs under expanded guidelines, aka non-QM, where we can use alternative income. So we'll keep everything else the same, but there is one new option that pops up when we do a non-QM scenario. And that is our income option. So full doc is what we use for FHA and conventional. That's two years tax returns, what everybody's used to. So we'll typically choose uh, this course in order to go with a different income option. One year alt doc, two year alt doc, uh, asset related. Those are uh, just using assets. We did a show on that earlier this week. We can use business bank statements. We can do our DSCR, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, we can do personal bank statements, which is our most popular. That will be our demo today. We also have VOE, 1099, PL, all kinds of different options. But the most popular is our personal bank statement 12-month option. And that's going to be for our self-employed borrowers. Many times our self-employed borrowers, when they submit two years of tax returns, they have various write-offs and different reasons where they may not get enough income for the 
uh, loan they're looking for. So in this case, we're able to use 12 bank statements without tax returns and just use the cash flow in those 12 bank statements to determine their actual debt to income ratio using those 12 bank statements. So most of our self-employed borrowers will typically qualify where they would not qualify at all or qualify for much more income and therefore a much larger home that they wish to purchase. So with these settings, let's check out our bank statement options today. So very comparable to yesterday, looks like uh, the top option here, 7.125 with 0.75 discount points and costs for a final APR of one 7.197. So obviously the non-QM is always a little bit higher. These are alternative uh, programs. Uh, so the rates are a little bit higher, but notice they're not that much higher. Very comparable. FHA was 6.2 something. Uh, conventional was 6.6 something. And now we have an option to use a totally different method at 7.1 something. So very comparable. Definitely recommend our borrowers out there uh, shopping. Compare these options. Could be a much easier way to qualify uh, or a way to qualify for more income. Now, notice too, as we scroll down, there's dozens of different versions of this program that may allow different uh, calculations, may allow different uh, 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 foreclosure type events, credit events like foreclosures, bankruptcies, things like that. So tons of different options that we have here. Please get with our team and they will find the best one for you. Now, before we go into Jose's deep dive into USDA, which is very cool, we will always check out our investment property rate options on our live rates. So we'll set this to investment property, set this back to 80 LTV. That's an 80% loan, 20% down payment. And we're going to compare our two options for investment properties. We'll start with our conforming conventional, just switching to investment property to see what the rates are there. And then we'll go to our expanded guidelines, aka non-QM, where we can use different income options. FHA, VA, USDA, they're not eligible for investment properties. So we'll just do two quick demos here. Conforming conventional, we'll keep everything else the same as it was before. The only change was investment property. And let's check out our investment rates this morning. And as I say every morning, there are additional loan level price adjustments that the uh, GSEs that do conventional loans have added. So unfortunately, we won't see any options for one discount point, even though we told the computer to find it. So the best uh, APR option, which is the lowest cost of the borrower, right, is a 7% rate with 3.375 discount points and a final APR of 7.255. Uh, so switching this to investment, uh, we do see that there are no low uh, discount point options. So many times our investors want to go to a higher rate and find an option that may have lower discount points so they can save some cash out of pocket. So even if we cruise down here to a little bit higher rate, 7.49 for 2.25 discount points, uh, it's just not going to get low enough. So many of our investors want other options. That's where we love to bring in our non-QM options. So for our final demo today, for our investors that are Shopping for investment property, always recommend to get a non-QM expanded guidelines quote. And the most popular option when we switch this to expanded guidelines under income verification is going to be our investor DSCR option. And that's because it actually doesn't require any income verification or employment from the borrower, just the rental income from the property that we're purchasing. And we're going to get that rental income and determine if it will cover the expenses, the PITIA of the mortgage that we're proposing here. So if the rents can cover the expenses, that's a ratio greater than 1.00. And we have a ton of loan options uh, for DSCR ratios over one. 
But even if the property doesn't quite cash flow enough, the ratio is under one, we still have other programs for that. For our demo today, I'm going to leave this blank so we can see all the programs. And we always have to set a prepayment penalty on our non-QM investment properties. Typically, three years is the option we choose. We can choose zero. That will severely limit the loan programs and cost more. And we could also choose five years, which will limit the loan programs uh, and save us some money. So the most standard scenario is always three years. So that's what we'll use for our demo as we do every morning. Now let's check out our TSCR rates today. So we got some good options here right at 7.5% rate for point, oh, actually this one's a better, 7.5 rate for 0.725 discount points and costs for a final APR of 7.571. So remember the conventional loans, uh, 7.2 something, a DSCR loan with no income, no employment, you can do multiple loans at the same time if you're an investor with multiple properties. So these are very favorable when you compare them to conventional and the APR is only a little bit higher. So definitely love these options. Definitely love to present options with low discount points here. As you see here, $2,900 compared to conventional, they would have to come out of pocket with a lot of extra cash. So uh, definitely recommend for all our investors out there, check out the non-QM, specifically the DSCR options. And if we cruise down the sheet here, you'll see we have a ton of different options for DSCR ratios, different options for prepayment penalties, and just tons of different versions of these programs. Uh, where we may allow things like short-term rental income and things like that, credit events, stuff like that. So dozens and dozens of these DSCR programs get with our teammates to find which will fit best for you. So now let me go ahead and switch screens and we'll get into our detailed topic for today. And if you were with us earlier, uh, Kyle introduced the topic and uh, we kind of skip over it every day. But uh, USDA loans, very valuable program, obviously a very specific program in order to encourage uh, rural housing, basically. So a little bit tricky there since not everybody's shopping in an area that is eligible. We usually don't do these live. Uh, but if you do happen to be shopping in those USDA eligible areas, there is a map you can look up, uh, then you can use these programs and they're very favorable for our borrowers that do qualify for these programs. So Jose is going to go into a couple detailed examples of ways to utilize this for our loan officers out there watching. Uh, remember, must be in an eligible area. Once we've determined that, now we have some options that we can present. So Jose, if you're ready, let's go ahead and go over those options. Awesome. That's a great segue. Uh, what I first want to show here is you were mentioning USDA eligibility. I just wanted to show everybody first the USDA geocoder. Very easily found doing an online search. I just put USDA eligible, and you know that's the first one that popped up, and it takes me right to the USDA rural development, where you just you know put the address right here. And it's going to tell you exactly if that property qualifies or not. So, you know, when you're pre-approving your borrowers, you may not necessarily have a property address. So you will go through the steps, but it really will not be considered final until you actually run a specific property through the geocoder. Right. So first example. Uh, now, USDA is geared towards owner occupants only. Uh, they do not like multifamily properties. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to have those uh, nice four unit house hack. Um, 
like we have on our FHA or VA. But, you know, but there are other components of USDA which make it very attractive, namely the rural component. If any of you have had a deal fall through because uh, the appraiser deemed it rural and your comps were too far apart from each other, uh, which maybe would have you know deemed it rural in the underwriter's eyes, even if the appraiser didn't specifically put the label rural on it, well then... Make sure that you are not overlooking the USDA option for those owner-occupied properties in those areas. It is 100% financing. It is reduced MI. The MI factor, I believe, is 0.35, and the upfront mortgage insurance charge is only 1%, which is able to be financed into the new loan as well. So you have actually have 101 point something percent financing on a USDA deal. So our first option here, you'll see these rates. If you were looking at what Nick was uh, displaying there for FHA, you'll see that uh, these rates are very competitive. Oh, and did I note in the example here, uh, so that put it into perspective with FHA as well, this example has $146, I believe, and 25 cents of uh, MI associated with it due to uh, USDA. Whereas if it was FHA, even at the reduced MI component that we have right now, it would still be $229.17. So what, roughly $60, $70 more in MI. So keep that in mind. So uh, we have 6.25 is actually offering us a lender credit of $500. That's 0.1. And we're looking at being able to buy it down to 5.125 at a cost of a little bit over two points as we are dealing with a $500,000 purchase and a $500,000 loan amount. So this is our USDA purchase. One unit, maximum 100%. This is our USDA rate and term refi. You will notice same exact rates as we had on the purchase Um, USDA does not allow cash out refis. Again, very specific specific program targeting uh, the ag and rural communities because the idea is here to help support those that grow our food and help feed us so that we all stay healthy. So we want to make sure that they can afford to find their own piece of the American dream. Hence, uh, we have the more relaxed uh, underwriting guidelines for USDA for exactly that purpose, which is why they don't want to do it for cash out. Don't want to abuse the system for cash out components. It is for home ownership. So our rate and so our rate and term refi rates are the same as our purchase. But we have one additional option for USDA. It is the streamline option. Now you'll notice rate is a little bit differently, a little bit different as you go lower in the rate stack. At 6.25, it is the same $500 lender credit, but the lowest rate option is 5.375, a little bit higher uh, cost uh, than the other one at a lower rate. Uh, The benefit to the streamline option is similar to the benefit you're going to have from a VA Earl or an FHA streamline. It is uh, the income, uh, the appraisal, and the credit. So you do get uh, 
breaks from those components, and it is uh, USDA to USDA. So keep that in mind. But if it is uh, somebody looking for that option, here you go. Uh, $6.25, $500 lender credit, and $5.375 is the lowest rate option. So Again, what was the uh, LTV on that? Because they do go up to a hundred on the rate and term, I believe. Correct? Yeah, they're all yep, they're all hundred percent LTV, cool. but no cash out. That's yep. the thing. They're not gonna give you that that great sweet deal that they're giving you to have you cash out. But you know, if they had a higher USDA and now they're going into a lower, or you know, that's for the streamline. But the regular USDA does not have to be coming from a USDA loan. It can be coming from a non USDA loan and just taking advantage of the lower MI and the great rates. Beautiful. All right. I don't see any questions. I know USDA can be kind of confusing, especially once you guys start the loan. It's a whole different process, right? So please get with your team leaders or myself or Jose if you guys are firing up a USDA loan, and we'll make sure you have all the nuts and bolts put together. Uh, But very good options, right? If they do qualify, pop that address in that geocoder. If uh, it pops up that it is eligible, then uh, you definitely want to take a look at this. Uh, it's definitely the most favorable program for a property that is eligible, right, Jose? Absolutely. I think most, you know, a lot of people overlook it, especially when they're struggling with these properties in uh, limited uh, population density areas. They're totally overlooking USDA loans as an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a couple questions here. Good. Good thing we waited a second. So, Roz asking USDA qualify for a person looking to homestead in a rural area? I believe so. I'm not sure what you mean by looking to homestead. Does that mean if they're looking to have their primary residence in a rural area? Yeah, but if you're looking like homestead, like a cowboy homesteading, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be land, but you could do a USDA one-time close to buy land and build a home. They do have construction products under USDA. A little more complicated there. You, you didn't do any of those examples, Jose, but uh, there are some renovation uh, and I believe even a one-time close, uh, but a little bit tricky there, right? Because you're layering extra stuff on top of a normally difficult transaction. So uh, definitely pay attention there if you're trying to do some sort of construction. As uh, long as uh, she just replied here uh, with another further definition, she said uh, uh, home and farming. I uh, don't think that a farming component would be applicable for what USDA is really for. I mean, it's not for a for a hobby farm or anything like that. I mean, if you happen to have a buy a, land, a home that has some big land and you're going to do gardens and stuff like that, by all means. But if it's a commercial type endeavor, I don't think that would fall under USDA. All right, and. I think that's it, uh, but uh, is USDA residential? Yes, it will still be residential. We just answered that, right? So a commercial farm, even though it is rural, right, is not residential still, right? So I think that's uh, hopefully kind of where we were going with that. And uh, Raz said again, a little further definition, non-commercial farm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if it's a large piece of land with a and there's a farm building as one of the buildings next to the house. Obviously, that's what USDA is for, right? Rural properties will have outbuildings, a little more flexibility on that stuff, but it's not going to be in the value, right, Jose? That's a big difference in what you need to consider. So 
So yeah, outbuildings and, st- and, and, you know, maybe they make some income. Like, I mean, Jose has a, har- a farm at his home, right? You- yeah. Prime, prime <laughs> example. Exactly. I mean, you can do certain things like uh, you get the agricultural exemption, uh, save on your taxes, stuff like that. But you cannot put that as part of your qualification. Like you cannot put that on the application and say, I'm a far, I'm, I'm doing farming and I'm also going to do farming in this property. And that's where I'm going to be deriving my income. Um, that's not really what USDA is for. You can do it. Yeah. You have ag zoning and you can, nobody says you're not going to be able to do it. You just can't put it in your application and use that as part of the qualification component for your income. Exactly. And it won't, they won't count any outbuilding type stuff. You know, you have a dairy farm with dairy pumps. That's not going to go in your appraisal value, right? You can still have dairy pumps to pump your dairy cows, but that's not going to be added into your appraisal value, right? So a little bit tricky there. Um, one other question. Good. Another one. Uh, T asking, can we do manufactured houses with USDA? That's going to be a uh, investor to investor uh, situation on that. You know, I mean, technically uh, you can, but when I'm looking at the guidelines, uh, they, they all do different overlays. You know, so property type they say one unit, condo, and PUD, but then we would have to dig deep to see if that particular investor would allow um, manufactured homes. Uh, you know, uh, see, because I'm, I'm looking at, at one right now um, where it's stating ineligible property types, manufactured home. Then it says RD will accept new manufactured homes, but this particular investor will not. So that's why in the general answer is yes, they do allow it on the general level, but then investor specific there are overlays so you would have to check each one to make sure that they don't put that overlay because it would it would be logical right to the rationale of the rural type community that a manufactured home would be available as they seem to be more prevalent in the more open space communities for sure and good another question this is good well, asking uh, USDA with a max of 10 acres in Texas, is there a max acreage, I guess, would be the, the root question here. Uh, again, that would be up to um, the uh, the overlays of the investors. You know, we would have to look and see uh, if there's anything like that that would or would not be allowed. Yeah, I believe most of them will have some sort of overlay on there of what they uh, want to limit it to. I think it's kind of the same question that Roz was getting at. So someone's let, trying to do a commercial farm. That's a whole big different thing than just a house, right? Let so, me yeah. let me give you an example. Uh, for example, I'm just reading one guideline here of the many. Uh, there is no site size limitation, but the size must be typical for the area. The site must not have income-producing land, e.g. tracts of arable land ready for planting. However, a minimal income-producing activity, such as a garden that could generate a small amount of additional income, does not violate this requirement. A qualified property must be predominantly residential in use, character, and appearance. So I think it's, that answers multiple questions there, right? Exactly, guys, right? It's it's subjective too, right? So remember, if you're coming in there, 
and it looks like a commercial farm. It feels like a commercial farm. The appraiser's commenting that there's commercial components to the farm. That's going to directly contradict what was just said there. But there's no like set cutoff here, Lowell, I think is what you're asking, right? There's no set 10 acres is commercial. Anything over that's a no-go. It's it's a little bit subjective there. Yeah, because what, what's, what's going to happen there is going to be with the valuation that they give to the land component versus the structure component. That's where USDA is a little bit more lenient. But that is the real challenge when you're getting bigger pieces of land is that typically the majority of the value is really supposed to be in the structure and not in the land. When you get too much of the value being in the land versus the structure, that's where you start having issues and you start getting denials because of that. You could have you know, too unique of a property, for example. Mm-hmm. Same goes back to the same crux, right? It's, it's supposed to be for a home, right? If if the home's only one little portion and there's 200 other acres that are doing other things, obviously that's not going to fit. The USDA program is to get people into homes, right? Not to get people into farms, not to make people money on farms, it's to get people into homes, right? So remember, residential's the key piece there, right? I think that's it for our questions, though. So you want to go ahead and wrap it up, Carl? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Everybody tuning in out there. If you're a loan officer, you can contact us uh, at themortgagecalculator.com if you want to join the team. If you are a borrower out there, our team would be happy to walk you through the different nuances of this program and any other programs. As we said earlier, not only do we do USDA and conventional FHA, uh, VA, but we also do everything from the non-QM uh, you know, bank statement, DSCR, all the way to commercial fix and flip short-term rentals and everything in between. So you can visit us at themortgagecalculator.com and we can pair you up with one of our loan officer consultants who can walk you through all of these different programs to see what fits you best. Now, we do this show every single weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we go through the different rates to see how they change every day. And then we do a deep dive into a topic every single day, just like we did with USDA loans today. Uh, Thank you all for the questions in the chat. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. And we hope to see everyone tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern for the next one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Apply now at themortgagecalculator.com for instant mortgage rate quotes for over 5,000 loan products.